Listener Production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. I'm Sasha Barbagad. A ship called the Serenade of the Seas is currently on a nine-month cruise visiting more than 60 countries across all seven continents. It's being hailed as the world's longest cruise and it gained notoriety recently when passengers started posting on TikTok what they do to fill their day, where they're visiting, what they're eating, and it's now gone completely viral. They ran out of wine in the first three weeks, so I was like, oh my God, how do you cope on a ship like that with no wine? And then they ran out of Diet Coke. Um, Yeah, we're not talking like, it's not like it's on fire and everyone's running around trying to kill each other. In the second half of this episode, we find out why the cruise is taking the world by storm. Before that, though, Bensian Siebert is here with the headlines. It is Tuesday, January 30. Hey, Sasha. So it's a boost for Anthony Albanese today as he looks to start selling plans to reform the Stage 3 tax cuts. A Guardian Essential poll of 1,200 voters found one in five respondents think the legislated cuts, which would have seen a flat tax rate of 30% on incomes between 45000 and 200000 should go ahead unchanged. But just under half of the people polled support revising the policy in favour of low- and middle-income earners, 19% backed making those with salaries over $200,000 wait until economic conditions improve. The research was undertaken last week when rumours started swirling about changes to the policy, but before the announcement had been made by the PM. And under the revised plan, every taxpayer will get a tax cut, but those earning up to $135,000 will get more than what was originally legislated, Sasha. Mm, Yeah. And the coalition, it seems like there's been a little bit of a change of pace from how uh, opposition leader Peter Dutton is responding to these proposed changes. He came out really strong against Anthony Albanese last week. And, you know, a lot of the coalition ministers were up on the TVs and saying, you know, this is a broken promise. This is this goes to show you can't trust the prime minister. You can't trust Labor. However, we did hear some softened language over the weekend from Peter Dutton. And he said the coalition is currently considering whether to support the changes. So a bit of a change of language there. Yeah, this was obviously a huge political gamble for Anthony Albanese. Obviously, when you say something a lot of times that you're definitely going to do and then you break that promise, then people might question your integrity or whether they can trust you. And, you know, no one forgets the impact of the carbon tax on Julia Gillard or the budget cuts uh, on Tony Abbott. But Peter Dutton is going to have a very hard time making people angry that they're getting more money than they would have otherwise under under the original plan. And they can't even say that they're going to reverse it, as you mentioned just before. There is some bad news for renters today, with a new report revealing listings have dropped to a record low. Again, I feel like we've said that a hundred times over 2023, down to a record low, but it's happened again. The prop track analysis shows available properties to lease in December were down 30.2% on the decade average. And on top of that, prices jumped 11.5% over the year of 2023 to a median price of $580. The good 
good news, though, is that shows slower growth than what we saw in 2022, which was about 15.6%. And housing advocates say these numbers show state and federal policies to address the rental crisis are not currently working and there are changes needed to negative gearing and capital gains policies, Bensian. Yeah, and we did an episode on January 11th looking at what's coming for renters in 2024. And there is some good news. It's expected that rents shouldn't continue to go up quite as dramatically as they have been um, in the recent past, but they won't be going down either. I actually went and inspected a property a couple of weeks ago, and there were about 60 people they're looking to inspect mm. the same property. And when you go line up and there's 60 people around, it's pretty disheartening. Yeah, I don't think I'd even stay in the line. I'd turn around and walk out. I've seen my TikTok's been flooded actually with a lot of people from overseas who are moving here either on a you know working visa or whatever, documenting their journey to becoming renters in Sydney, saying, you know, join me on the fight to find a rental property, going to these inspections with, I saw one video in Surrey Hills the other day. It looked like there were about 80 to 100 people waiting in line. I'd it's turn insane. around and walk out. But yeah, so it is going to be another big story of 20 2024, the housing crisis continues to roll on, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Australia could be in store for another La Nina weather event this year, according to international weather models. La Nina is characterised by higher than average rainfalls, especially on the east coast of Australia, and more cyclones for the tropics. And we only just recently came out of one in March last year, and it was only in September that the Bureau of Meteorology confirmed we were entering an El Nino event, which is the one that has lower than average rainfall and warmer temperatures. If we were going to enter La Nina again this year, it would be pretty rare, with the weather systems rarely switching from one to the other so quickly. Usually there's a period of normal conditions in between the two, and it would also be our fourth time experiencing the event in five years. I've got whiplash from this because I do remember we were all kind of sitting waiting for the announcement from the Bureau that uh, we were going to be entering El Nino. And the response was concern for uh, potential future droughts and more bushfires, which obviously coming out of 2019, 2020, you know, a lot of Australians are still traumatised by what Mm. happened then. Um, It is harder to uh, safely kind of take this modelling as it is at the moment. Usually in January, the models are taken with a bit of a grain of salt. Uh, however, at the moment, it's showing uh, from a number of different models from different agencies around the world that there's a 50% chance of a swing to La Nina during the coming winter, and that climbs to more than a 60% chance by spring. So, Again, you know, it's modelling, it's not a guarantee. However, it is looking like we are heading that way. And also it's been confirmed that the El Nino system that was declared in September is weakening as we speak. So I'll have to wait and see. And both King Charles and Catherine, the Princess of Wales, have been released from hospital within hours of each other. Charles left a London clinic private hospital after undergoing treatment for an enlarged prostate over three days, while Catherine left the same hospital almost two weeks after having abdominal surgery. She is expected to spend months recuperating and won't be returning to royal duties until at least after Easter, so it looks like a bit of a long recovery there. Uh, In a statement released by Kensington Palace, the Princess and Prince 
Prince of Wales thanked well-wishers for their support and the staff at the London Clinic. William has also postponed a few engagements so he can look after the pair's three kids. And we don't know any details about her condition except that it wasn't cancer. And basically, when it was first revealed, they kind of asked the public and the media to respect the princess's privacy and for her medical records to remain, you know, sealed. So fair enough. Hmm. And King Charles' diagnosis has been a pretty good opportunity for, I suppose, public education about an important healthcare issue. About one in three men over the age of 50 will have some symptoms of an enlarged prostate, which is a gland that sits just below the bladder. The plan for King Charles to have a corrective procedure on his prostate was made public. They say to encourage men to get prostate checks, and it seems to have been effective. The NHS website, uh, which is the website for the UK Healthcare Service, reported a surge in searches about enlarged prostates. So that's a positive impact. Mm, And the king was apparently delighted, quote unquote, to learn that his diagnosis is having a positive impact on public health awareness. So a good move by the royals there and uh, hopefully encourages more men to look after their health and get themselves checked. Bensian, thanks so much for joining us for the headlines today. Next up is a very cool deep dive looking at the ultimate world cruise with Christian Hull. Could you do nine months on a cruise? If you answered no to that, fair enough, me too. But wouldn't you be a little bit intrigued by the people who do decide to embark on almost a year on a ship with at least a thousand other people? Well, that's what's happened with the Royal Caribbean ship Serenade of the Sea, which set off on a nine-month around-the-world trip in December, the longest offered by any cruise company in the world. And it's blown up on TikTok. Everyone knows everything about everyone. There are no secrets on board. News travels fast between the passengers. I'm not even going to lie. I'm invested. For those that weren't able to get off and explore Antarctica, they actually just stole a piece of the ice and brought it back onto the ship for photos, which seems a little weird. Let me break down this Royal Caribbean cruise drama going on because I done went down a rabbit hole. World cruise talk. There's fistfights and orgies and COVID. Oh my goodness. Bingo wearers were crossing off another square. I was literally about to head out on my walk, but I had to stop and make a video about this first because we just got final confirmation about a fist fight going down on board. Videos with Cruise Talk, as it's come to be known, have hundreds of millions of views on the app, with people back on dry land becoming invested in the everyday lives and drama of the people on board. It's become so big that influencers have been joining the voyage to try and find the tea. So why has a huge chunk of the internet become so invested in the serenade of the seas, its passengers and its staff? Well, joining me now to break it down is Christian Hull, a comedian, YouTuber, TikTok star and soon-to-be passenger. Christian, thanks so much for speaking to us today. Look, how and why did this cruise blow up on TikTok? I think the reason is because uh, cruising is an, an older demographic and I think TikTok is younger and the extreme of going on a cruise for nine months shocked us all on TikTok. Like, we didn't even realise that was a thing. It's not common, but it's not unheard of. There is a ship called the World Cruise where you buy an apartment and you just live on it. So these things exist, but we've never heard or seen them. And then everyone was like, oh, I'm sorry, what, you're going to get on a cruise ship for nine months? Who would torture themselves like that? 
Tell me about how you came across it and what kind of sparked your fascination and your um, responses, which are very funny, by the way. But yeah, you've kind of, you've got a whole section on your TikTok that's just cruise talk. Tell us about how you came to it. Well, so the cruise started early December. And so for the first two weeks, my For You page, so the, the algorithm was just recommending me these passengers on this cruise. And then it was also recommending me people reacting to the passengers on the cruise. So I was just inundated with this abundance of content and I thought, geez, that's weird. What a weird niche to feed me. Like what? <laughs> and so I made a video being like, is anyone else getting fed these Ultimate World Cruise things? Like, this is so bizarre. And the response I got from that was insane. Like, the video got 7 million views. People were like, yes, my TikTok is flooded with this cruise drama. Break down for us a few of, like, the key moments that we've seen since December, some of the incidents on board. I've heard lots of different stories. Tell us the ones that have really grabbed the internet's attention. So I won't lie, it's a lot of drama over pretty much nothing. And and I think that we've, we've been caught up in this new wave of what is essentially a reality show with no producers, no studio, no Netflix. It's just absolutely as real as it can be. And the the big talking points that I've spoken about, uh, they ran out of wine in the first three weeks. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, how do you cope on a ship like that with no wine? And then they ran out of Diet Coke. Um, yeah, we're not talking like, it's not like it's on fire and everyone's running around trying to kill each other. Um, another good one was just the interesting way in which they the boat went through Drake's Passage And so it was really fascinating. I had never heard of Drake's Passage. The geography that is being taught to me, like the Falkland Islands are down near Argentina, had no idea. (laughs) And so following the ship, to go through Drake's Passage is one of the roughest seas. And you go from the tip of, down through Argentina through to Antarctica. And um, it was so fascinating to watch the ship you know, rocking and oh, that sounds so boring, but like, and the passengers <laughs> take something. <laughs> um, it was just, I don't know how to describe this to a person that isn't caught up with this cruise TikTok. It's so fascinating to watch as a non-cruiser. Like what happens when you go through incredibly rough seas? Um, what happens to the buffet? Oh, you know, <laughs> they just do a little thing here. Or what about the toilets? Or what happens to the pool? Things you don't really think about. As I say it out loud, I'm realising, wow, (laughs) what is this and how boring must my TikToks be? No, well, I I get it because North Sea TikTok blew up very recently as well. And that was ships sailing the North Sea, which most people had no idea was a thing. And, you know, it was boats getting flooded. And I feel like TikTok has kind of opened up this opportunity for us to be voyeurs and to see things that we would never see, i.e. I would never go on a cruise, but I'm enjoying watching other people go on a cruise and all the things that come along with it. Yeah. So I started this being like, yuck, I, you'd never get me on the boat. Like I, it's not happening. I would never get on a cruise. And as I've learned to love, like I call it the cast and crew of the, my favourite TV show, as I've learned to love all these individuals and my favourite person on the ship, don't even know her name, her username is Little Rat Brain, and she kind of doesn't want people to know her name, which is a smart move, but she's just so creative and we seem so similar and I'm starting to develop uh, like these parasocial relationships with these people, which is a bit unhealthy. But I feel like part of their little family and they've seen my TikToks, they follow my page, they've messaged me. And it's just like, 
I'm interacting with my favourite reality TV show. I wanted to jump in and speak about the status stuff because we kind of have a laugh and talk about the silly things, running out of wine, running out of Diet Coke. But there have been some more serious issues that have been at least discussed as could be happening on board. And one of them is around racism. Uh, there were there was talk that any people of colour who were on board, who were passengers, were actually being asked by other passengers how did you afford to take this cruise? Is this kind of exposing a cruising culture that exists that we don't know about if we don't go cruising? Look, I've thought about this a lot because uh, the drama sort of essentially started and the big interest with my first TikTok when a really prominent sort of creator named Brandy just casually mentioned a couple of things that she experiences, I would say, on her everyday life. She was like, oh, look, you know, because I'm dark-skinned, I got mistaken for staff. And I was like, oh, shit. And then when, when she said, uh, no, I've actually bought a ticket, the follow-up question was, well, how did you afford it? So that there was that undertone already, and I was like, this was on her first week. And I just felt, you know, oh, just think, shit, like, really? And and then when you really think about it, I mean, it's it's expensive to go on a cruise and it's predominantly white and look, inevitably that's, that's what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, the other day uh, one of the uh, nine-month cruisers had a lot to drink and I think was just ch- chatting with an, uh, actually another Australian on board and they got talking and they were obviously pretty, both of them were pretty right-wing and then they thought it was a smart idea to get on a TikTok Live and just share their, I mean, the Australian that got on it shared views about us because it was on Australia Day, you can imagine. It was horrific. And and then the other um, American passenger then was starting to talk about Trump and, you know, just saying some transphobic things and, you know, you can blame the alcohol, but ultimately that does bring out your inner truth a little bit there. And it was just really upsetting because there's two fantastic uh, creators, Tam and Bobby, uh, Bobby is a trans female. Tam identifies as they, them. And they're the sweetest, loveliest people. Tam is Australian and and Bobby, uh, you know, used to work at NASA and their, like, story is fantastic and I've been chatting with them and they're just really sweet. But now, you know, a passenger has very publicly said some very transphobic things and that they're afraid and that they want to avoid them. And it's like far out, you know. It just reminded me of going back to high school when I pretended that I wasn't gay. People were telling me that I was and that they didn't like it. And so I was, you know, having to hide from people. And I hated high school because of that. And so it's really unfair that now they have to sort of avoid places or be concerned or scared or afraid. You know, oh, we might avoid the bar in case some people get drunk and feel like they want to start a fight Um, You know, there was another passenger on the nine-month cruise, Anthony, who is a creator of colour, who came on and addressed it. And he basically said, I mean, now you can see it. It is happening, you know, off camera also. And there's little comments here and there and just made me not feel good. And I mean, I'm a white man, so I'm in a very privileged position where I don't notice it. So it literally has to be shoved in my face for me to go, oh, shit, that still exists for people. You have bought a $15,000, at least the last TikTok I saw, it was $15,000 balcony room. You are joining the cruise. You got invested. 
Tell me why you decided to go on the cruise and what's your plan when you're on board and how long are you going to be on board for? Oh, here we go. Firstly, I am so excited. Uh, I'm going on for 16 days. So it goes Brisbane, Ely Beach, Cairns, Bali, Hong Kong. And my plan, I've got so many plans. So some I can't tell you about because I might get Okay. Into trouble. Like I might get kicked off. So I've got one that will, I'm not there to, to stir shit up. I'm not there like married at first sight to go in and cause a scene and to do all this stuff. Like I want to go in and like, I think of myself as like the younger brother, that annoying young brother that just like pokes the bear, you know, I've got a lot of art projects I want to do with them and just sort of have I, I guess because it's the first time cruising, it's that experience. You know, I'm just excited to get away for 16 days and go into this world that I love and meet these people that I've been interacting with and watching. And I used to do, when I was younger, uh, I was a camp counsellor uh, in the States, in America, and I would just disappear for three months, not know anyone, not know anything, and be put in these situations. And I loved it. And it reminds me of, you know, going and doing that, getting on a cruise. You don't know the people. You'll have a great time. I'll make some great content and fingers crossed someone will pay for it for me. (laughs) That was Christian Hull, a comedian, YouTuber and TikTok star and soon to be passenger on board Serenade of the Seas. He'll be joining the Ultimate World Cruise in March. And that is all for today's podcast. Be sure to check back the Savo at three for our afternoon edition of The Briefing. And if you would like to get in touch with us, maybe you've got an episode idea or there's something you want to have your say on, please do. You can go to our Instagram page and send us a message, The Briefing on Instagram, and you can join our brand new broadcast channel behind The Briefing. Thanks for listening. Listener.